Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. listening and watching the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, and I'm live here from Athens ahead of West Ham's Europa League game match three tomorrow night away at Olympiacos. Although by the time you're watching it, it's probably tonight. I'm here with sports journalist and front co-host of the Gate 7 International Olympiacos podcast, Costas Leanos Costas. Absolutely brilliant to have you with me tonight in your wonderful home city what a spot we've got some 3,000 year old no 2,000 year old history in the background we've got wine bars we've got bistros I've had souvlaki already what a time to be alive but we're here of course to talk about West Ham v Olympiacos in the Europa League first of all great to have you with us thanks for making me feel so welcome in Athens the honor is all mine the pleasure is all mine it's always a great great honor for me to have such wonderful journalists from around the world visiting here and it's, uh, I'm really pleased to be part of this wonderful podcast. It's <laughs> far better introduction than I've ever given it, and it's my podcast, to oh, be quite no, honest. That ain't true. First of all, the most important thing is, uh, what are we drinking here? We're drinking some white wine, some white Greek wine. It's good, it's all right, it's all right. I can't really complain. I don't the, think I've ever had wine in such small cups before. Well, uh, that's how we like to do it. Plus, I mean, we're having a carafe here, so okay. kind of makes sense. Uh, the, 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 obviously, for me, always the um, the uh, secret is the uh, ice cubes. Yeah. I love it with my ice cubes in here. I love Greek wine. I'm so I'm so glad you're loving it as well. Exactly. I would normally have one of those too myself, though. That is the only problem. We can order another one. You appear to have bought one. We'll to order, share. No, that's yeah. a half. <laughs> right, that is a half. We're gonna, we we have our pina coladas. Yeah. You had your gins. Yeah. We'll order us another one. Yeah, exactly. We're having a good time so far. Yeah, that's so, fine. No worries. Look, we've uh, we've got loads to cover on on the podcast. I'm really delighted to have you with us. Uh, Gate Seven International is your pod and YouTube channel for anyone who wants to check it out. Watching from home, you're a sports journalist as well in your own right. But most importantly, and I think that's why we've got you on here tonight, is you're an Olympiacos fan. You're born and bred in Athens. You're Olympiacos through and through. It's fair to say. How are you feeling about the game tomorrow night? Well, I mean, uh, Olympiacos are basically a team that's finding its footing right now. Uh, last season, Olympiacos had their second worst season since 1996, which marked the end of what we call the dark days, because uh, for 10 years, Olympiacos couldn't win the title. It all ended in 1997, actually. 1996, 1997 is when we turned the, uh, the tide. Uh, and Olympiacos are finding their footing right now. They're much better than last season. Uh, but there are a few bits and bobs that they need to uh, figure out. Most importantly is the defense. Uh, we lack a lot of charisma at centre-back. Uh, the only saving grace is Panos Retsos, a very talented young Greek lad who came up pretty much the same time as Juan Dinos Mavropanos. Very highly rated. 
uh, but from then on, he, we cannot find a good partner for him. Jackson Poros is going to start alongside him tomorrow. Uh, Loney from Troyes. He's already being given a lot of notes regarding uh, West Ham's attack, so we expect him. Well, yeah, we, we're not sure what that attack's going to look like at this stage, Carl, until with Mikhail Antonio Jared. We can make an educated guess, though, can't yeah, we? Potentially, we can. But listen, look, Costas, before we get into all the nitty gritty about the game, I just want to feel and, and let all of our you know, viewers and, and listeners of the podcast sort of get a, a bit of a sense about what it's like to be an uh, Olympiacos fan, not just now, but, but over your life, you're a similar age to me. And, you know, I, I imagine it's been a completely different experience watching your team. First of all, though, I just want to ask you straight up, and we'll get it out of the way, uh, spoken to a colleague of yours from the podcast, Ari, um, already uh, since I've been here in Greece. And the first question I asked him, and I've got to ask it to you as well, is a lot of West Ham fans saw a lot of the articles on the way out here about the fan trouble. Uh, I think there was a general sense before even what happened with uh, the Panathinaikos game at the weekend that this was going to be one of more, shall we say, a heated derby. Mm -hmm. I spoke to you about it before I, I came out. And then, of course, we all saw the scenes at, Panathin at the Panathinaikos game at Olympiakos Stadium on Sunday, match abandoned just inside the second half with the scores at one all because the Panathinaikos sub uh, had a firecracker or firework. One card, firecracker. Yeah, thrown very near him from the crowd. Um, well, just just talk to me a bit about that that incident and generally sort of, uh, you know, it, it, is it fair, lots of the reports we're seeing in England, is it fair West Ham fans are out here at the moment to feel a little bit apprehensive? Well, the thing is, uh, when I moved to the UK, I remember in my third year of university, I said something about the refs, a Champions League game that Olympiacos played at, and I mentioned the refs, and the English would just look at me like, oh, really, was it the refs that, uh, that did it for you? Well, in Greece, we always talk about the refs, and the worst part is, is that we're going to talk about a referee mistake for a very, very long time. We're still talking about things that happened in 2003 or even the late 90s. And this, what happened against Panathinaikos, we're gonna be talking about this for many, many years. My kids are gonna be talking about this. Uh, it was another uh, disgraceful incident in a very long, uh, out of a very long list of disgraceful incidents that happened because of fan violence in Greece. Uh, it was also extremely, I'm gonna dare say extremely stupid what that fan did. Fan, put as many quotation marks on the word fan as you want. If you could find a better word than that, I, I, I just don't, I'm trying not to curse. What he did, what they did, uh, was extremely uh, ridiculous because Olympiacos had just equalized and they were looking much better than Panathinaikos and they were pushing for a quick second. Uh, and what they did was ruin Olympiacos' momentum. Uh, Panathinaikos players, in my opinion, rightly uh, returned to uh, the dressing room once Juancar was put on a stretcher and driven uh, to the back to, to see a doctor. And from then on, it was just an absolute uh, shambles. Uh, the, the doctor claims he didn't have enough um, gear to determine whether Juancar could or could not play. Uh, the whole ordeal took at least two hours to figure out whether Juan Carlos can play or not. At the end, he went back to the hospital. He had issues with his hearing. He still does, apparently, at the time of this recording, which is the day before the match with West Ham. Uh, he's not part of the Panathinaikos squad who are going to play against the Ren in the Europa League tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's a he said, he, she said kind of situation right now. They said, they said. Uh, this whole thing is going to go to court. Olympiacos will have to explain themselves. 
And the thing is that this is going to drag and drag, Will, and I'm going to close with that because I'm waffling, but this is going to drag and drag and drag. This is probably going to go until the end of the season. Whatever happens with Epple, the losing side is going to appeal. And then the losing side of that appeal is going to go to the Court of Arbitration of Sport. And that's where it's going to be decided. But this game could decide the title. This game could decide who wins the, who wins the title right here. And it's such a shame that for one, once more, a title might be decided in court rather, uh, rather than on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talk to me a little bit then about fan violence in, in Greece in general. There was the horrendous story, of course, about the um, English fans will know them as AEK Athens. I think over here it's Ike Athens, uh, a fan of, of Ike who was horrendously murdered by, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Adina Ozogreb, you know, again, fan, ultra, whatever the word you want to use is. Michalis um, Katsouris was his name. Yeah, and, and again, we obviously major condolences to him and Absolutely. And, his, and his family. And uh, it's not the first, you know, I've come out here on my own for this. I've got some friends among the West Ham away fans. I've, I've met up with you, of course. And I messaged you before even the Panathinaikos incident and was a little bit apprehensive. Um, just because I think Greek football generally and, and the fan culture and fan violence is reported on a lot. And if you ask most British football fans, they would say that Greek football has got a reputation for fan violence. Do you feel that that is fair or is it a bit overblown in England? But, you know, some of these things I'm talking about are reported incidents that have happened. It's not, so, you know, it's not so much. You can't really blame it on media overblowing it, perhaps. If they are overblowing this, they're not overblowing it much. That's, I guess that's my, that's a short version of the answer. Uh, in Greece, we're still reeling with fan violence because of the murder of Michalis Katsouris from what is supposed to be a Dinamo Zagreb uh, fan. I'm not even sure if I can call them fans. I'm trying to use a better word on that, like fan. Please, people, when I use that word, please put as many quotation marks as you can. Don't take this seriously. Yeah, someone reportedly associated with the club or whatever. Reportedly, yeah. I mean, it is, yeah. Uh, and that wasn't too long after Alkis Kabanos' murder in Salonika by, again, Bauk fans. Uh, he was an Aris fan. Uh, we don't, we're, we're not, we're hearing a lot of promises, we're not seeing a lot of results. I cannot remember the last time a fan caused, uh, caused an incident that led to a game being abandoned. Like when Vlada Nivitz, uh, the Pauco manager who then went to, uh, to Watford, had a beer can thrown to the back of his head and the match was abandoned, rightly so. Or when Oscar Garcia, former Brighton manager, had a roll of duct, uh, had a roll of, uh, had a roll thrown to his head. I cannot remember those fans being arrested in any way, shape, or form, or even chased after. Right now, I'm not Why hearing. Is that? I'm going to try and explain this. I do not think that is a priority when uh, something like this happens. I think the priority for a club is to how to save their neck and not get too much too, too much of a heavy punishment. Did I explain this? I did not just explain. No, I did not. I didn't explain it because what makes sense right now is to go after that knucklehead who did this and create an example for the other fans not to even think to follow in this person's example, but they're not doing it. Is it fair to say then that it's part of Greek football culture? Acts like that, so perhaps more so than it is in England? I wish I could say no. I wish I could say no. I cannot say no. It is part of it, unfortunately. See, now, as a, as a reporter for The Sun, I try my best to, uh, to, 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 to show Greek 
uh, excellence by interviewing the Euro 2004 uh, winners, by interviewing young talent, by talking about players that uh, are being signed in the Premier League. But unfortunately, this does overshadow us quite a bit. I do have to say, though, that tomorrow uh, West Ham are facing are not facing a Greek team, they're facing a European club that has, uh, uh, that has qualified for the knockout stages of a major European competition in 13 out of the last 15 attempts. Yeah, yeah. look, I mean, uh, I, so uh, we, we did speak about this um, with Ari, I, I had a really long conversation about it and, and you'll be able to watch either on YouTube, it's already up, or listen to the We Are West Ham podcast as usual to get a little bit more detail about that sort of thing but I'll, I'll just ask one more question on that as then. many as you want if there's any before we move on to more football as matters, many as you want which is why people are here but uh, if, if there's any West Ham fans watching this who are either in Greece already or they're heading out for the game uh, on Thursday night what do you because there are there is some concern among West Ham fans or there's a lot of talk saying that this one is going to be a bit tasty mm-hmm. um, West Ham fans are being made to meet at the uh, Panathinaik Stadium Panathinaik Stadium Panathinaik yeah. Stadium excuse me uh, a considerable amount of time two or three hours before the game to get coached in on specially put on coaches with the police escort there's clearly a sense that uh, there's a need for additional security how should West Ham fans be feeling um, if they're watching this now, a little bit nervous perhaps about what they can expect from Olympiacos? Well, I guess it's always good to, uh, to be careful, uh, no matter where you go to watch a game. Uh, personally, if I were a West Ham going in this, I would, be, I would feel safe because Olympiacos issued an announcement, a public announcement, targeting the fans, saying basically do not dare try anything silly. Uh, protect the team because the team is already facing uh, up to a four-game home ban, four uh, home games being played behind closed doors. The next game is against Pauk, it's a derby in Greece, and Olympiacos are almost definitely going to play this game without fans already. Uh, they are facing a fine of up to uh, uh, six figures, I would say minimum six figures, and they're facing a potential, uh, the, the, the possibility of having one point uh, deducted in the league. So right now they want to be careful. They don't want to make things worse because UEFA are also not putting up with that nonsense at all. It is completely different. Some would argue that they do, wouldn't they? Some would argue that West Ham fans we've seen, you mentioned it to me when I spoke to you before this trip, through cups at the Fiorentina captain and got yeah a two-game away fan ban. One of them suspended. weren't able to go to Freiburg away. Um, But would you, you know, would is there an argument that perhaps UEFA, if the punishments were harsher, that it would force the clubs? You've alluded to it already that it's not a priority for clubs. Perhaps if the UEFA punishments were harder, either financially or with crowd bans, longer bans, perhaps that might encourage the clubs or perhaps force them into cracking down on these people a little bit harder than they currently do. Well, the thing is, Olibiakos' strength is based a lot on its fan base, on the on the atmosphere, on that strong and hostile atmosphere. But it's not hostile in the sense of you know you're not you're not leaving this place alive. It's just that we need we're going to make you understand you're not welcome on this uh, on the pitch, and we're going to help our team uh, win this game with uh, with the mind games. Basically, they, they try to use mind games. But I'll tell you There's this a line, isn't there? Is a limit surely? There's always crackers at players. Is that a bit much? Well, that, uh, that's my next point. When I 
when I went to a, a recent, my most recent derby was against Panathinaikos last season, we would see flares being uh, turned on. We would see firecrackers being uh, uh, thrown. And I got to say, like, we hear that a lot in Greece about where that fry, firecracker was thrown, whether it was thrown at Juan Carlos or next to him. It doesn't matter. We, we had this conversation. When you hear a firecracker going off in a stadium, you never forget that sound because it's scary. It hits your soul. It, it, if you have heart problems, that could cause you issues. So it doesn't matter how far the firecracker was thrown. Well, the problem is that it was thrown towards his direction. That's what's important. And in Greece, those things are not allowed. Officially, they're not allowed. But in, in but Champions they are League... unofficially. You say officially. And they're then. putting up yeah. with this. And they're putting up with this. And for some reason, they're not cracking down at this for some reason. But in European matches, we don't even see a single flare. So that's why I would think to myself, like, as a West Ham fan, I would feel as, as safe as I could feel. Um, I think this is going to... And I think this is going to be a match that's going to be determined on the pitch. Uh, right there and then. Olympiacos are going to give a strong atmosphere for West Ham. Uh, an aggressive atmosphere, a hostile atmosphere, but without the violent stuff. And if they do, well, they're even dumber. Uh, they're even dumber than what that guy did with the firecracker, because UEFA are not, because UEFA are keeping a very watchful eye at Olympiacos right now. And there will be further punishments that are going to make, they're going to cause an even bigger problem for us, because we're going to need the fans against Batskatopola, which is going to be an extremely important match. It's going to determine who goes to the conference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen. Uh, it's been. I've, I had to ask you about that. Costa. Oh, you can ask me as many. You yeah, can ask yeah. as many questions as you want. Yeah, I, I just I think it's, it's one of them. It's, no it's, what, it's what fans are talking about at the moment. If I come on here and just talk to you about football, there's going to be watchers of uh, this video, listeners to the podcast, going, "Well, you're not asking the questions and the things we're all thinking about." No, no, you should ask those questions. Are very important. What happened at Panath at, against the, in the game against Panathinaikos was absolutely horrendous. Uh, if Olympiacos get punished, then they get punished yeah, for it. Yeah, sure. And uh, I think there's a very good case for Olympiacos to get punished. Now, here's something I'm saying that could, uh, that I don't know how Olympiacos fans are going to find. But at the end of the day, we need to stop fan violence. I don't care where it comes from. As a, as a, as a sports journalist in England, I am flabbergasted when I see fathers bringing their kids to a derby, a Merseyside derby, Man United versus Liverpool, Manchester derby. I'm flabbergasted because I cannot remember the last time I saw that in a Greek derby between Panathinaikos and Olympiakos. Uh, well, that's how it should be, surely. Fan yeah, of course. Those are fans. Those are real fans, not that person who did what they did. And I just want to see justice. I mean, as a, as a journalist and as a fan, mainly as a fan, I just want to see justice. Yeah, fair enough. Right, let's talk about football. So, as I've already mentioned to you, Kostas, I was absolutely beside myself with excitement when this draw was made. I, West Ham, this is our third season in a row of, of being in Europe. You mentioned then Olympiacos have got a decorated history in European competition, be it Champions League, Europa League, or now, you know, did you, have, did you play in the Conference League yet or no? We haven't played in the Conference League, but I'm afraid we're soon going to be playing in the Conference <laughs> yeah, League. You may be, yeah. Unless we beat you. Yeah, that's much as Unless true. we beat yeah, you. Yeah, but... For the first, your first loss in 17 attempts. Yeah, that, I would, mean, be, that would be some sort of achievement. That would be yeah, something, yeah. that would be something. But as I explained, I was absolutely beside myself with excitement when we drew Olympiacos because even though, as you've said already, and we'll go into it uh, in a little bit more detail in a minute, you feel that West Ham are the stronger football inside, the way that European football setup works and the strength in the Premier League often means some of Europe's best teams still don't get to play in the competitions year in, year out. That's been West Ham 
for most of my life, quite honestly. Uh, so to see him in Europe three seasons in a row is an amazing thing for someone who's been suffering for as long as I have watching West Ham United. And when the Europa League come back round again this year, I was desperate for us to get a, a big team in, in the group stage just so I could do exactly this, so I could come out, experience a different culture, watch my team in a different country in a different stadium because I've still got that inner fear that it might all just come crashing down again any minute now. So I was delighted when Olympiacos came out of the, uh, came out of the hat. And how, what, what, just tell me a little bit from a football perspective what it's like being an Olympiacos fan and what the, the, for your fellow supporters and the, the players in the club hierarchy, where do their priorities lie as far as European football goes in the Premier League? Because you'll still have lots of West Ham fans who want us to, who still prioritise the Premier League. I'm a give me European football every season sort of bloke. Uh, how, how is that for Olympiacos who typically win the Greek League most seasons? Well, uh the thing is, owner Vigilis Marinakis has done a brilliant job at Olympiacos. The Nottingham Forest owner as he well. He's also yeah. the owner of Nottingham Forest and he's already doing a very good job with Nottingham Forest slowly establishing them as a Premier League, uh, as, a, uh, as a Premier League club, back to the Premier League. Um, Vigilis Marinakis is not just an owner who wants his club to succeed, he's also a fan of Olympiacos. He is a fanboy of Olympiacos. His dream is to see Olympiacos winning a European Cup. And he has brought in some amazing personalities like Antonio Cordon as our sporting director, the former Villarreal uh, sporting director who turned them into what they are right now. He has brought in some amazing managers in the past, such as Ernesto Valverde and Diego Martinez as well, is a great, great manager. And his job speaks for itself in the sense that uh, how, many, how many titles has he won? He has, won? he has only lost two. He took over in 2010 and he has lost three titles. So that is insane. That's an insane uh, feat for Marinakis. Also, as I said, Olympiacos, in their last 15 attempts, they've made it through to knockout stages 13 times. Uh, and West Ham are not playing a Greek team. They're playing a European team. I had a very interesting conversation with my colleagues at Gate 7 International. Costa Levoyanis said it better than anyone. Olympiacos' weakness is defense. To an extent where... If an objective fan watches an Olympiacos match, I don't think you could find a game this season in which we conceded a goal and that objective fan would go, bravo, what a goal, what a finish. The way they opened them up, wow, what a finish. I think an objective fan would mostly be like, my God, what is the defender doing? That is shocking <laughs> defending. But that's what I'm thinking. Olympiacos are finding their footing and they are bound to click at some point. If they click against West Ham, West Ham are going to have a problem. And the Olympiacos are going to go for a defender, a centre-back in January. If they get the right guy, we're going to see a completely different uh, Olympiacos in the second half of the season. That doesn't concern West Ham. But if Jackson Porozo and Panos Rezos click, and that's the first time they start together, if they click, West Ham are going to have a problem because they're going to have to find another way to open up Olympiacos. Well, look, let's call it as it is. Olympiacos need to win this game. Uh, what, whatever's gone before, well, I'll tell you what's gone before, a 3-2 home defeat to Freiburg, who West Ham made reasonably light work of away in Germany, and a two-all draw with Baka Topola, who, quite honestly, <laughs> West Ham could have beaten in second gear. Well, we did beat him in second gear. A uh, mistake from Angelo Bonner saw them score, but that was a freak accident, um, and you wouldn't see it again. Olympiacos are on one point, 
everyone was expecting it to be a shootout between them and Freiburg. I think that's fair to say for the other qualification place. As it is, Freiburg clearly got the upper hand at the moment. And this is sort of, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but this is a must-win game for Olympiacos, is it not? You're not at all hyperbolic, but even a draw could work for Olympiacos. And West Ham, I think. And West Ham, even a draw could work for Olympiacos, because as I said, Olympiacos are finding their footing right now. And, uh, well, it's important to understand that Olympiacos, from midfield onwards, they are very strong. Ayub El Kabi has scored two goals in the Europa League in, uh, in two matches. Uh, he has great chemistry with Costas Fortunis, which, fun fact, guys, West Ham almost signed him in 2019, and the deal was almost sealed until Costas Fortunis injured his hamstring. And instead of Fortunis, West Ham called, uh, got Pablo Fornals. Were we just looking for players at the time whose surname started with F-O-R? Amazing, isn't it? Amazing, isn't it? And I was thinking that at the time. But the Costas Fortunis has amazing chemistry with Ayub El Kabi. Uh, who always knows how, where to find himself. His positioning is excellent. He knows where Fortuny is going to throw the ball. He knows where the ball is going to come from the, from the wing. Always finds himself in a position for him to score. He's not that kind of the, the, the Erling Holland kind of guy who's going to get the ball and he's going to do a few maneuvers and, 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 and just hit it on the back of the net. He knows where to find himself. Uh, Daniel Podence. A man who has former a Wolves player, of still course. a Wolves player on yeah, loan for Olympiacos. Yes, indeed, he's going to be very important for Olympiacos. Uh, he's going to start on the left wing. Uh, extremely successful at Olympiacos. Hit the ground running. What formation will you play? Sorry. Well, we like a uh, we like something between a four-two-three-one that turns into a four-three-three. Podence is going to be on the left. Uh, already hit the ground running, even though he had zero preseason with Olympiacos. Played five times with. Um, with Wolves, Wolves beat West Ham twice, right. and on right, both Costas. sides, on both on. sides, and on, on both times, on both times, Podence played a role in those goals. He contributed two goals in both those two games uh, for Wolves, so he has a bit of a tradition with West Ham. Important thing to say, guys. Important. So what, are t- what are you telling me that Daniel Podence loves scoring against the Hammers? A bit of a, a bit of a whoever tradition. he's playing. For. A bit of a tradition there. We haven't played yet. We haven't played against each other yet. But this is very important for the audience. We we spoke about this at this wonderful uh, place that had a wonderful uh, view of the Acropolis. We wish to do it there. <laughs> it's important to see if Santiago Eze is going to start. Santiago Where Eze does he play what position? Number six. Uh, basically, Olympiacos lost three of their best players from last season. Striker Cedric Bakambu, number eight, Huangin Bom, number six, Yanem Villa. Yanem Villa, who does he play for now? He's a free agent now. Right. Uh, apparently, Atletico Madrid won him, though. We replaced Yanem Villa with Santiago Eze. We replaced Bakambu with uh, El Kabi. We haven't replaced the number eight because uh, Madika Mara has had a bit of a dip in form right now. Uh, so, as Santiago far as the game it, goes, then what what are you expecting? Formation, style, and style. Four two three one turned to four three three. But if Eze doesn't start, he didn't play against Panathinaikos because of niggles. If he doesn't start against West Ham, he doesn't play. That's great news for you because Olympiacos are going to have a big hole at the back. There's going to be a lack of communication between the back and midfield. That's very good for you. Are you a team who? prefers to have the ball or are you a counter-attacking side under David Moyes West Ham are more than happy to let opposition teams have the vast majority of possession for most games we've beaten Brighton and Chelsea this season having less than 35% in both of those games 
It's slightly different in Europe because we have the better players. We're expected to dominate the ball more. What are you expecting from your team? Well, we are going to try and expect. We are going to try and uh, hold the ball. Uh, we are the kind of team that likes to hold the ball and provide pressure when they lose the ball. Uh, but I would advise against uh, letting Olympiacos hold the ball because they score in Greece an average of four goals per match. So that wouldn't be a very good idea to just let Olympiacos run riot, especially when you know that their uh, defense has been very weak uh, this season. It's, uh, the, the same, and very important to say, Olympiacos uh, conceded, uh, free, uh, Olympiacos awarded Panathinaikos silly uh, free kicks willy-nilly outside the box. And you need to get that because of one James Ward-Prowse yeah, was only one free kick away from surpassing David Beckham's record in the, the Premier, Premier League. League. In, in the, the Premier, Premier League, League, of course. Right, listen, Kossas, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show Thank for you the very first much. time ever. We do have to pay the bill because I think this amazing little bar we're in, do you know what this is called? Yoskuri. Yoskuri, we'll give them a little plug. Amazing place if you're in Athens, come and see here. But look, Kossas, before we let you go and we pay the nice man his money, West Ham, oh, there we go, look, he's coming in already. Look, no, no, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. No, 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 go on. Oh, yo, 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 No, 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 he won't, he won't take your money, he's my guy. There we go, look, a bit of uh, behind the curtain here on We Are West Ham podcast, thanks very much. Uh, do come to this bar if you happen to be in Africa. West Ham fan watching. Um, we've got some, as I've mentioned already, some two, three thousand year old architecture behind us. Amazing place. Costas, I'm delighted to be here. I can't the wait. The pleasure is all mine. For the game. I really, really am excited. I can't wait and I love it. Eintracht Frankfurt away in the Europa League semi final was an amazing cauldron of an atmosphere. And even though West Ham lost, I felt privileged to be there. I feel the same way about tomorrow. You just tell me though, Olympiacos need to win. West Ham less so, but a win would all but confirm our qualification through to the Europa League knockout stages. What are you saying score-wise, West Ham Olympiacos in the Europa League, match day three, Thursday night? When I watched Olympiacos play Panathinaikos, I was thinking to myself, this team, there is no chance they are getting anything out of West Ham. But they, they were terrible in the first half, but in the second half they turned it around until that... N Ninkampoop did what he did. Uh, the second half team reminded me a lot more of most of the Olympiacos this season. Uh, but I think West Ham uh, have, are the favourites. I think a 2-0 win for West Ham. But a lot depends on whether Eze plays. If Eze plays, it's going to be harder for you guys. And I wouldn't advise you guys letting Olympiacos holding the ball because then they're going to find a goal. It's much likelier they're going to find a goal. And plus the fans, plus the Karaiskaki atmosphere. Well, David Moyes knows it because he lost there with Manchester United in 2014 when he lost 2-0. I remember that. Dinos yeah. Mavropanos, I'm sure, has told his teammates about it. You cannot let Olympiacos feed off the atmosphere and hold the ball because that will lead to a goal, in my opinion, inevitably. Look, I can't wait. I think, to be honest, if you're, you're, we've had Ari on, we've had you on now. You've said 2-0 to West Ham. I think Ari predicted an Olympiacos defeat as well. I would be more than happy, to be quite honest, with a one-all draw. I think for West Ham's qualification hopes, that would do us very well. Is that your prediction or your, or, or your minimum hope? Um... I'll be honest, no, my hope is, of course, for a 5-0 West Ham win and we have a party in the away end at the, uh, the Olympiacos ground. Whether or not it'll be that, I'm not so sure. I think David Moores would go into it 
um, being quite conservative, to be quite honest. And he'll know that a point will put us in very good stead for qualification. But he does like to get these things done early. We beat Freiburg away, no reason why we can't beat uh, Olympiacos away as well. So uh, I'm going to say I'll be more than happy with a one-all draw as long as I get to celebrate a West Ham going in a way. I'd always love that. But I'm going to go for it. If I'm going for a bold prediction, I'm going to say West Ham United 3, Olympiacos 1. What do you think about that? I think that was the same prediction my colleague Labro Sirmos made. Uh, remember, though, uh, Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Burnley... Who am I missing here? They all lost. All the, big, all the big Northwest teams. And it's like funny, fu funnily enough, Olympiacos have beaten Arsenal at the Emirates more times than North London rivals Tottenham. I was at that game. What, one of the most fantastic games of football I've ever been to. 9,000 Olympiacos fans in the away end. Right at the end, wasn't it? The, El Arabin. The winner. Was on the bench. An, an absolutely incredible game. And I've had a real... Uh, affinity towards Olympiacos I sort of did before you know they're one of Europe's great iconic historic clubs but after that game beating Arsenal and their reaction to the fans it was brilliant I hope there's no trouble tomorrow of course but I'm not sure how fans feel about this generally but I'm going to go to probably not tomorrow I think maybe Friday I'm going to get down a club shop I'm going to buy myself an Olympiacos shirt sure just to wear in the five-a-side uh, absolutely back in London absolutely absolutely uh, are you friend. a fan of Wearing shirts of other teams or not so I much? don't really do that yeah. much, to be honest, myself. But uh, obviously, I don't, I, I, I don't mind it. But I, I find it a great honor uh, when um, a non-Olympiacos fan w wears the jersey because it just shows how much the club has grown. Because yeah. like I said, Olympiacos are a European club. They're not a Greek club. If you're expecting to, to, to face a Farmers League team, then you're in for, for a huge shock. But I know David Moyes is a serious manager. There's no chance he's going to underestimate Olympiacos, same as the players. You know, hopefully, you know, hopefully there's going to be a good match there, a nice little cracker. Yeah, absolutely will, absolutely will. Look, it might be uh, an honour for you to have other fans wear Olympiacos shirts, but the honour tonight and so far, I've not even been here 24 hours yet, in Greece, but the honour has all been mine so far. Kostas Lianos, sports journalist, Olympiakos fan, joining us on the We Are West Ham podcast for another opposition view. These are my favourite ones. I'm so delighted, pleased, proud, happy to be able to be here in all these amazing places, watching my team play in Europe, talking to these amazing fans of other clubs. Kostas, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Give us a handshake. Those are for the YouTube ones. For those listening on the podcast, we did just shake hands then. But it's been absolutely brilliant. I've been Will Pugh with the Opposition View live from Athens ahead of West Ham's game away at Olympiacos. Match day three in the Europa League group stage. A win all but guarantees the Hammers route through to the next stage. Do me a favour. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like, review, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever. You know where to get us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. You know mine and Jonesy's personal profiles on both of those platforms. And you can buy us a pint. You will have seen, if you're watching on YouTube or listening, that Costas insisted on footing the bill this time. But the We Are West Ham podcast account has got a few quid in it. Thanks to you guys buying us pints at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. So if you want to do that, you can do. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks to Costas. Coming your eyes, West Ham are massive. Another European night away from home. What a time to be a hammer. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time. Next up will be an Everton opposition view. Cheers.
Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.